welcome back to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. 1800 938 007. That's the free phone number. And you can text in WhatsApp on 083 You can email at any time. And that's tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now, uh, Dr. Anne-Marie Eustace Ryan is a gut health expert and a consultant gastroenterologist at Tipperary University Hospital. She's written a book explaining about the power of the microbiome for children. It's a wonderful book, and I'm delighted to say that she's with me in studio. Anne-Marie, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome and great to see you as well. It's the most wonderful book. It should be out there. It should be available to every child. Will you tell me about the background to it, though? It's called Bugs of War. Bug of War. Why why did you decide to write this, Henry? I suppose, Fran, I've been a doctor a very long time now, longer than I haven't been a doctor, actually. And I work in gastroenterology. And more and more and more, it was just really annoying me that people didn't realise that a lot of the trouble they had with their illnesses, causing their illnesses, was the way they were eating. And I started looking into this some years ago, and it's researching the microbiome myself, And it is just the most fascinating journey I've been on. And all of a sudden, everything I'd been seeing all the years all made sense. And it is because of the way people are eating that we are getting ill these days. And that is the nuts and bolts of it. So I was, I'm working the hospital, I'm working full time. And I just wanted to get this message out there, but I didn't know how. Mm. So I started on Instagram um, a couple of years ago and I started teaching bowel health, right? Well, sure, nobody would listen to me. They were kind of, oh, they all went on to the next makeup guru or the next clothes thing. And I'm actually really into that as well. So I started doing all sorts of stupid things like dancing, showing them clothes, everything. And I got a following that way. And then I switched back to what I really wanted to teach them, which is bowel health. Mm. And it's really grown from there. And then my listeners would say to me, please write a book please write a book. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what, the adult market is very saturated. Mm. But what I want to do is prevent illness in the first place. And where you start that is childhood. And I did my own market research. I went out on the streets. It would have been secondary school students because the primary school children obviously aren't on the streets. And I'd stop groups of youngsters in everywhere I was in Ireland. I'm always travelling around. And I'd say to them, have any of you ever heard of the microbiome? And none of them, not one, ever had. And I said, why not do a book for children to explain to them what the microbiome is so that any child in Ireland that just stop in a decade's time and say, do you know what the microbiome is? The same as they'll know Paris is the capital of France. They'll know what it is and they will relate it. And this relates also to your last speaker, Father Iggy, because it's your mental and your physical health are so much at stake from what you actually put in your mouth every day. And it's only recently we know about that relationship between yes. our tummy and our brain. Yeah hugely, massively important. There's all sorts of methods by which the messages get from the gut to the brain. The vagus nerve would be the main one. Um, Very big nerve. All our messages come into our gut and send to the brain. But also our gut is where most of our neurotransmitters and most of our hormones are actually made. And if we don't eat the right foods in order to make them, the messages to the brain get completely gargled and the, the brain gets on high alert. And don't forget the brain is the most important 
certain thing in your body. Absolutely, you're made to carry it around. Mm. So if it's unhappy, it takes all your blood supply and all the attention to make it happy and the gut flounders. And that's where all this thing like leaky gut, all that starts. And it's an absolute vicious circle that can be absolutely prevented or stopped midway by eating properly. Now, you, you, the book is beautiful because it's Thank it's you. simple, it's for kids, but I learned so much from this that it's just <laughs> incredible. So uh, adults should be reading it as well. It's, it's about basically the two kinds of bugs, yes. isn't it? it yes. It, because you simplify it down t- yeah. to that. Would, I, you, would you tell us about that? I will. I, I firstly have to thank my daughter for thinking of the name because Bug of War Bug of was War. exactly what I wanted yes. and the t- and my nephew for illustrating it. And I thought if I can simplify it, there are, Fran, about 100 trillion bugs in your bowel, okay? So I couldn't put all those on the page. So I just took a representative sample of three in each category, the good ones and the bad ones and alike in the world unfortunately there's good people and bad people there's good bugs and bad bugs and what I'm trying to impress on the children is that the good bugs namely Mo, Joe and Bo um, are constantly at battle with the bold fellows no, so and foe with an E to, to they want the proper food in order to be able to fight the other three off and be happy and not give them tummy aches and all the rest of it so I use very simplistic terms to try to get it across to children um, about them and uh, I just think it, I just think it's kind of exciting I'm, I'm, it's very buildable this I really and, really love it and just for it. clarity and re- the yeah. microbiome is, is the combination of all the bugs yeah, is that it, it right, is. right. All the bugs both good and bad good and bad and right. they're not only in your gut friend they're all over Yes. There's literally more bugs on your finger than there is people in England. Like it is it's extraordinary. We're, we're actually 90% bugs and 10% human, actually. Right. It's a, um, a fascinating science. However, in the bowel, there are about 100 trillion bugs or thereabouts. And there are good ones and bad ones. And the good ones basically love fibrous foods and resistant starches and the bad ones thrive on the saturated fats and the sugars and it's as simple as that and unfortunately since World War II feeding the masses with cap reforms everything, um, the cheap food policy food has, has more and more and more gone into a factory and come out the other end with the fibre taken out and the additives, the emulsifiers, the surfactants all that added and the sugar and we're eating that. We're not eating the basic foods that our grandmother would have recognised as food anymore. And we're getting the modern illnesses, the likes of the autoimmune illnesses. They have increased 300% since the 1950s. The likes of the neurodegenerative illnesses like um, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's. Um, go back the way, the cancers. Everything almost everything and I'd have people that come back to me say oh it's your genes that's all that matters is your genes well I can tell you they're wrong there's so many studies done worldwide hundreds and thousands of studies and mega analysis and 90% of your genetic fate can be determined by your environment and how you live so even if even if you're predisposed in some way 100%. 100%. Even if you're predisposed, you can ward off. Basically, your environment load, the, your your genes load the gun and your environment pulls the trigger of that gun. And it totally depends. Now, I'm talking about food here because it's the easiest one. Obviously, you also have to think of people's living conditions, their stress levels, um, pesticides, poisons, all those kind of things. But where I'm working from is your food because your food is really the nuts and bolts right. of it. And the 
cleverness of the book is that a kid would begin to realise that what they're putting in their mouth is either suiting the bad bugs or the good bugs. And they might just think twice. Absolutely. And what's more, I'm trying to get it reinforced. So I've written this book book and the the people are uh, doing it at home with the children. They're really enjoying it. But my absolute aim is to get it taught in schools, Fran. That's what I really want. Because I feel, you know yourself, if you learn something once, you might remember it in in five minutes or an hour or three weeks, but you won't remember it in five years. Mm. So I'm trying to get this on the syllabus in school in the SPHE curriculum. Um, I'm presently getting a website ready in order to tie in with the book so that the teacher literally goes to the lesson one, which will be maybe two pages at a time, and they have um, extra resources, they have little videos, they have questions to work through with the children, and then the following week, do the next two pages, the following do and do a module of it, say in first, in first class, go back in second or third class with a more advanced book, which I hope I'll write if this one is a success and then back in fifth and sixth class with the more advanced one again and by the time they get to first year and they don't feel so good or they're a little bit bloated or they're a little bit unhappy or they're constipated they'll say oh yeah it's what I ate that's all I want I want to make that synapse if you use medical term I want to make that bridge that gap with the knowledge that they can change everything by how they eat you talk about poo in yes, the book as well and, and the importance of that and the importance yeah. of knowing about that and and, uh, and yeah. what about the, addressing that with kids it's a bit of fun as well it isn't is it, you know? yeah I mean, you know. it's absolutely a bit of fun because like everybody poos even their famous footballers they all poo I mean yeah. you know everybody does so yes. they can't think that that's a taboo subject and it's often been a taboo subject in right. Ireland and it's awfully important but the condition of your yeah. poo is indicative yeah. isn't very, it yeah. very whether it's very hard whether it's very soft whether normal and you know yourself from not being rude but you know how good you feel if you have a good what they call evacuation you actually feel so much better and it's not absolutely essential to poo every day in fact some people only poo a few times a week but ideally everybody would and your fibre in your bowel you you know we'd have been brought up all the years and this isn't taught in medical school yet by the way it's coming in now um, that your fibre is so important and people thought oh fibre is the old stringy stuff and comes out your bottom but the fibre is the food for mojo and bow that's actually what it is right. so These are the good it, bugs, it comes yeah. in it good, good bugs comes into the bowel in the way of the fruit the vegetables the nuts the seeds the herbs and the spices the natural normal pure foods and they eat it and they what they actually do which is miraculous there are tight junctions in the bowels stopping it leaking and it's a very very thin layer between the bowel and outside and the outside is is not the place that that any foodstuffs want to be and the bugs actually literally make the mucus who li- that line the bowel and keep and protect it. And that's what they do. They make the mucus and they tighten the junctions and the bowel stays intact and doesn't leak. If you eat a, a diet high in processed foods, in the f- saturated fats, in the sugars, the, the bugs, the, the good ones, Mojo and Bo, are floundering. The other fellows eat the mucus and out the, the, the foodstuffs, the neurotransmitters, all those things, out they go into the body and cause havoc. The autoimmune illnesses are the very first ones that will arrive. And that is just, it's mm. just so... And even simple. in your own career, Anne-Marie, have yeah. you seen a deterioration in, in, in terms of, you know, the microbiome? Um, oh, so much, so much. And... 
as I say to you, it all makes sense to me now. Years and years ago, believe it or not, and I have to mention this man, in the 1950s, there was a Dennis Burkett. He was an Irish surgeon working in Africa. And he was really seeing the African communities and how they were thriving on their fibrous diet. And he thought in not getting cancers, for instance, and he thought it was the fibre. He wasn't sure how it worked because nobody knew about the microbiome then. And fast forward to these years now, and now we know. And it is an emerging science, but it's still a very established science. And it is absolutely for certain. It is not maybes or maybes. This is the, this is the business and this is the way to go forward. And I am seeing as people get busier, women get so busy. You know, it's very, very difficult mm. to produce a, f- a meal for a family every night. Very, very difficult to keep picky eaters uh, happy, yeah. well, you know, in sensitive, the sensitivity to this and an allergy to that. I see it more and more and more. And... It is coming much more with our modern lifestyle, our fast food culture. Go in and get a ready meal. Go in and buy uh, pot noodles instead of preparing a meal from scratch at home. And I know that's aspirational. I know it's not always easy, but there are ways and means. It is very doable and it's preventative medicine at its absolute best. Mm. You will prevent 90% it's, of illness it's by eating right. It's often cheaper uh, as well. In the long run, yeah. it is. And yeah. I can tell you, as somebody who has told so many people, and this is on the extreme level, say they've bowel cancer and almost without fail, and there would only be an odd one that would have a diet that I really would not expect it to happen in. When I interviewed them, asked them the questions about their diet, their lifestyle, perhaps obesity, which is a huge thing now. Um, I, I just, it's just so plain that they could have prevented this. And I have to tell them, and you'd be surprised, some people totally expect that they'll have cancer coming into me. And some people totally don't. And it is so awful to have to tell somebody that they've cancer. Because I'm ruining their lives. It's awful. And, you know, I am. And I could have prevented this if I got my hands on them 30 years or 40 years before. So I am trying to do that now. I'm trying to do that now. Yeah, and and you're certainly doing it extremely well uh, where where the book is concerned. Will you tell me a little bit about bran? Because many of us were brought up to believe that, oh, you know, have loads of bran there in the mornings along with your cornflakes and you'll all be grand. But now it seems to have turned out that that's not the thing. Well, you see, bran is one of the fibres, so it's all very fine. But basically, once something goes into a factory and is changed, it's not so good anymore. So to get bran, just like bran, well, bran is like, you know, it's very processed when you think of it. So you want to go back to the basic grains like the oatmeals and the wheat grains and the millets and all those kind of buckwheat, all those things that are not changed. Once it's changed, like I'd even say to you, I would be saying to people to eat pure butter, pure milk, proper yogurt, none of this low fat stuff, because once it's gone in and changed, it's different. In order to get some a yogurt low fat, they're going to add sugar to it to make it more tasty. All that kind of thing. So I, and albeit in small quantities, I'm not telling everybody to go out and eat loads of butter on the bread, but just a scrape mm. of proper, say, Kerrygold butter. So much better for you than eating um, the modern margarine. If you look at the ingredients, and that's another thing I'm trying to get in the book, have the children go and take an interest in food and pick up a thing and look at the ingredients and look at all of them. So bran is a typical thing of that. To get bran in a packet, by God, has gone through rigorous changes. 
right? Whereas oatmeal hasn't. And if you look at, um, say, the oatmeal that's coming out of Lahavans, which is organic, yes, I it's a no-brainer, really, those kind of foods. So we're back to your porridge in the mornings. Absolutely. Porridge is brilliant. As well. Yes. Um, the temptation that's there, and God knows I know about this myself, Henry, because I have a problem with sweets <laughs> big has. time. But I mean, you go into buy to pay for your petrol now, and you're surrounded yeah. by surrounded. temptation. We, it's kind of food porn, Fran. It's everywhere. Everywhere there's ads, there's pictures, there's, uh, you know, it is just surrounding. And, you know, at the checkout. Now, I want people to be human too. I'm no angel. But. If you eat the way I recommend, which is a whole food plant-based diet with a small amount of meat in that, and I can tell you about that over mm. time another day, you will change your taste buds to less, less um, crave the sweet stuff. You actually will. It's incredible. You can change your your taste buds completely. So that by craving eating this will way. leave you, The will craving it? will go because Monjo and Bo will be in control, not no so and fo. If you can get the balance right in your bowel, they're so happy then. You're happy and you don't have cravings. Now, I would say to you, if I was on death row, the one thing I'd ask for would be a bar of Jerry Milk chocolate. I love it. <laughs> but yes. I have myself trained now that I actually don't crave it. I'll have a piece every day, maybe two pieces. But I won't eat a whole bar. I wouldn't dream of it. I won't want it. And it doesn't make me feel so good anymore anyway, so I don't bother. You should eat dark chocolate, by the way. Dark chocolate is really good for you. Not in a huge quantity, mm. but dark chocolate and a cup of coffee, that's an excellent treat for you and excellent for your microbiome. Coffee do, is very, very good for do you. Do talk to me a little bit about meat because yeah, it's something that we've spoken about on the programme several times and a lot of very divided uh, opinion on it as well. What, what's your opinion on it, Anne-Marie? My opinion on it, and this would be coming from my opinion, but also obviously a whole load of studies, Frank, yes. is that red meat is inflammatory to the bowel. There is no doubt about it. It causes What does that mean now? Well, basically that the heme is probably because of the red, the heme because of it in the blood. It's just causing a reaction in the bowel that isn't so good for Moan, Joe and Bo, basically. And they're not thriving on it. Now, what is awfully important to know in meat is what it, what do you think the meat you ate, what it ate. That's the vital thing, Right. So if you're coming from, as we are, a county with agriculture very much to its fore, I'm actually married to a farmer, but he is a tillage farmer, but say a, a cattle farmer, their cows are out in the fields eating grass and they have a relatively OK life. So grass fed beef is OK in moderation. What isn't OK is the processed red meat and none of us should be eating it. So salami, chorizo sausages I'm afraid now you think of maybe everything I love um, yeah unfortunately mm. now if you think of pigs right mm. and all the pig farmers are going to hate me but basically pigs are not out foraging around anymore are they they're lying in their own dirt on their sides getting so fat they actually can't stand up and you know to to intensively rear animals like that you're going to have to use antibiotics and things like that and I know they are controlled but not controlled maybe the way that we should. And mm. really, if you want to eat pork and bacon, it should be actually free range. And the fact that some of this is um, full of antibiotics, wh- what is that doing to us then? Is that Terrible playing things. into this whole uh, thing uh, that we're immune to resistant. the use of... Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, in the 50s, they realised that 
giving antibiotics to the animals in America, say, that were intensively reared was a growth promoter as well. And you know that. So they used antibiotics as growth promoters, as they are, because they interfere with the microbiome in such an extent that people put on weight. And now, then it happened that people were putting on weight, eating the meat from the animals who had had antibiotics. And they also were getting resistance to them. It's awfully important, awfully important what you're eating what it is. Don't forget that. So red meat in moderation, in moderation. I would say to my patients once a week and I'd say to them, if you have a ham sandwich, that's the once a week to me. And they're not very happy with me, may I tell you. But that's what I would be saying to them. Chicken is better for you because it's a white meat, right? But it is, again, in moderation. I would be kind of going for free range and organic if you can. Now, it's not easy and it's more expensive. Um, fish, I have a huge issue with fish farming. Do fish you? farming, they're eating themselves along with their own dirt. And I really think it's not controlled well enough. The multinationals are controlling it now. I'd really ask, why not get children? That's what I'm trying to get. The children in quarry mm. mind, where has it come from? And if we get everybody asking that... That would make such a difference to how our health goes. The the most striking um, sentence in the entire book comes at the very end, in fact, where you says that once your microbiome is fed properly by what you eat, your chance of getting any disease is greatly reduced, if not cancelled altogether. That's a big statement. It is. And I'll absolutely do stand, you stand by, by that. Completely. And if you do any research, as I've done, into what we call the blue zones, the places where people have an idyllic kind of way of living, you know, they're, again, the sociability, like Father was saying in your last piece, awfully important. They're all together, the likes of Okinawa, um, there's Loma Linda in um, California, there's Nicosia in Greece. Those people do that. They're, they extremely eat well, very little animal fats and proteins, mostly plants and that kind of food. They don't smoke, hugely important. They die of old age with their minds intact because, by God, you need to go into the nursing homes here and see the Alzheimer's. That is preventable. In almost every case, So we're living longer, but not, not necessarily well. No, absolutely not. We're, like, we're not doing health care, we're doing sick care. And that's what I'm doing in the hospital and it drives me mad. And that's why I've written this book because I want to stop that. Now, they say 50% of what you eat feeds yourself and 50% feeds your doctor. Don't forget that. And I know I'm doing the doctors out of a job in the future, but I don't care because I hate having to tell people they have chronic illnesses. Like, it is just awful. And it is preventable. Somebody looking for some advice from you, Henri, yeah. uh, where, where uh, a brand of microbiotics are concerned. Do you, do you believe in that notice, uh, notion of the microbiotics? No. No, no not no. really. Are these yogurts um, that are supposed to replace the... Yeah, supplements is huge. You know, the supplement yeah. industry was 160 billion a year. And all people have to do is eat properly. They don't need probiotics. They don't need any of those. They actually, vitamins, they don't. If they eat properly, they don't need any of them. And... I'll stand corrected maybe in a few years where they find something really works for something. But at the moment, if you eat properly, you eat the fruit, vegetables, nuts, seed, fibre, preferably organic, eat fermented foods, awfully important for you, the likes of live natural yogurt, um, you've got all the bugs you need. You don't need probiotics. 
Right. Why pay but, for them? But there's a whole industry. Oh, it's a massive. Massive, massive and industry. And who's, who's pushing that? The multinationals. Who's pushing it? The chronic ill health of people. Who's pushing it? All the food that's in packets in the supermarkets. Look at people's trolleys. They laugh at me at work. I say the one place I couldn't work would be on the checkout. I would kill people. I said, <laughs> what? What are, are you, you buying? <laughs> I'd be behind and now, uh, honestly, you have no idea. I and, wouldn't be able, I would queuing, actually not be able to stop. If, if you're queuing up uh, with somebody, do you, do you feel that urge to say, please I don't? I would, please don't I don't bother. because I'd be happily belting the gob. Yeah. And you know yourself, you'd be awfully PC now. The PC brigade are out to get me a lot of the time, but I really don't care because I'm so frustrated and this is my act Right. To try to change that. And the act is called Bug of yeah. War. What you eat can help you win. Um, where can we get it? Where well, at we the moment, it, it is available only in a few places because I didn't go with a publisher. I didn't go with a publicist. I'm doing this myself and I'm yes. working full time. So it's in the, in the hospital shop. It's twelve euro. It's in Cannes Bookstore in Kilkenny. It's in um, uh, a bookstore in, Kil- in um, Galway. Uh, I'll have to think of the name of it. I sent it up there. But it's hard to get it into places because I ring them up, right? And they say, send us an email. And I never get an answer from the email. So anybody who is out there or any teachers who are out there, please contact me with a view to having a look at this and maybe teaching it in your schools because that's where I really want it. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm under my name, Dr. Anne-Marie Eustace Ryan. And you can order the book from me. I post it to you if they pay by Revolut or PayPal or whatever. Very good so indeed. That's the way. And we, Emma will have all of those details Thank just you. in case you, you miss them. There, a lot of people on to us asking your advice about various different oh, pro- products and stuff. <laughs> you, you, you're saying if you eat well, you don't need any of this stuff. No, Is you don't. It? And I can sort people out. Now, you'll still feel, you'll still find, Fran, that people can do everything right and they still have a bit of a trouble. Yeah. And what I say to them is get a diary. Don't go to any food allergy people or anything get a diary, write down exactly what you eat and drink by the way um, and see is there a pattern to it because almost all of us can be our own kind of um, scientist and see what it is is setting off our bit of bloating or a bit of diarrhoea, almost always so I will get loads of people ask me things like that and almost always you'll find they're doing something, they might be adding sweeteners, mm. I hate them you're better off taking the full thing than sweeten- things with you'd sweeteners. You'd be better off with sugar than sweeteners Yeah honestly. Because you know they, you've said about totally said about 50 explosive things I know this morning. I have, you know yeah. that yeah. I should have a regular spot here <laughs> I don't be all driven well, to you'd be more well, you'd be extremely welcome uh, one of our listeners says and the gut microbiome is so important for our mental health too it's not just fighting off disease in the 60s in America they spent twice as much on food as they did on medicine now they spend three times as much oh, on God. medicine the food is the problem and I'm a farmer I know, that's a, that is a great statistic. Isn't that incredible? And 25% of children in America have a chronic illness and 20% of young adults aged 20 or more are on one prescription drug. That is the way the world is going and we're never far behind America, don't forget that. And we can prevent this. We can prevent it. Why not? We did the plastic bags, we did the smoking. Why can our next thing not be the microbiome? Right. very doable. Well, bug of war certainly will go a long way to uh, making that happen. Uh, and Marie, it was a real pleasure to, to, to speak to you today. And thank you very much, Dean. We'd thank love you. to have you on the show anytime at all. Uh, Dr. Anne-Marie Eustace Ryan there. And as I say, her book is called Bug of War. And I would highly recommend it to you. We'll take a break back in a moment. 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.